Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, volume. because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> you know, I, 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 there is a sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est bon. Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. Embrace your true nature. And Locage. If the last time you went to Locage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Locage. It's going to be sick. Marinaro, and this is the beauty of sport, and this is the beauty of the National Hockey League. Uh, this is not the beauty of uh, uh, podcasting and headphones, by the way. I don't know exactly what happened here, but everything just got all tangled. It's a real disaster. But the Canadians were not a disaster tonight. At least it wasn't a disastrous result, unless, uh, of course, uh, you're proning for the rebuild like me. They go to New Jersey, and they surprise the New Jersey Devils and beat them by a score of 5-2. to two. It's the SICK Podcast, brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different, as well as brought to you in part by LaCage. If the last time you went to LaCage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to LaCage. The menu will surprise you, and brought to you in part by... La Beta TB, of course, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Beta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Beta TB, embrace your true nature. We had a chance to see the New Jersey Devils earlier this season, and they really surprised us. They came to Montreal and laid the smackdown on the Montreal Canadiens. And tonight, you know, from a shots perspective and a scoring chances perspective, they were very impressive again. They had 40 shots, and if it wasn't for Samuel Montembeau, who I thought gave up a weak one to Jesper Bratt for the Devils' first goal, but I thought rebounded very nicely. He made three stops on breakaways. He was absolutely excellent shutting the door. He was one of the main catalysts in tonight's hockey game for the Montreal Canadiens. But the Devils just have a really hard time without the puck. Their defensive zone coverage is not very good. 
one-on-one, the D got beat, and the Canadians made some pretty nice plays and scored some pretty nice goals. As I try to figure this whole thing out here, uh, why don't I bring in, but before I do, bear with me one second, okay? Wow, what a disaster this is, okay? I know it's a little bit of a disaster, but I think I actually have it figured out, okay? Uh, So everything was good at the beginning, and then all of a sudden, just everything got tangled at the last second. And I, you know what? I'm trying to make it better, and it looks like I'm actually making it worse. So why don't we do this? Uh, Oh, I might got it. There, here we go. And there we go. Done. All right, why don't we do this? Let's bring in a contributor who's a regular contributor on Thursday nights, but... I think he's going to be a play on a plane on Thursday night. So he reached out to me and said, I'm going to be traveling on Thursday. Uh, can we do it on Tuesday night? I said, of course we can. Just forget the pillow. Okay. So let's see if he's got the pillow tonight. No pillow. No, no. pillow. Hello. <laughs> there he is. Are My you, man. Uh, you said that there's no pillow? No, I'm, I'm actually happy that there isn't because I was... I was worried that, you know, uh, people were going to start dissecting whether or not there was a discoloration of the pillow. (laughs) I'll bring it back from time to time. All right. Where are you now? Uh, Right now I'm at home. So, you know, at this time, Tony, I I get up at 4 or 5 in the morning. You know, George, I know you've only told me, like, you've been on, you've been on, you've probably been on 10 podcasts, and you told me 15 times that you wake (laughs) up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And by the way, he sends me a text message before every show, which goes something like this. 20 minutes, bro. LOL. <laughs> then I write back 30 minutes, bro. LOL. <laughs> and then he writes back 25 minutes. And then I write back U.S. or Canadian. <laughs> and what's his answer? Haitian. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know what 25 minutes Haitian is, but we got 25 minutes Haitian tonight. <laughs> 25 meditation usually it's always late Tony always late (laughs) this is the beauty of sports and it's the beauty of hockey you know Jean Charles and of course as you know I'm on his show on BPM Sports Monday to Friday 805 George is on with Le Monde de Georges Monday to Friday at 11 a.m to 1 30 p.m and uh, my buddy Max Truman is his psychic also at BPM Sports But we give predictions during my segment, and Jean-Charles teases that, oh, Tony, you go with an easy pick. Oh, Tony, you go with an easy pick. Oh, Tony, you go with an easy pick. Well, last night, um, he had had, uh, Anaheim losing, and, and he was right. And it was a relatively easy pick, although it took Florida overtime to win. And tonight, his pick, he thought was going to be an easy pick. He took the New Jersey Devils over the Montreal Canadiens. And I told him, I said, Jean-Charles, listen, I understand you go, you, you talk about the easy pick and this and that. And sometimes you say, I take the easy pick. and But there is no easy pick in hockey. It's 82 games. Any team can beat any team on any given night. Of course, there's a favorite, George. All right. There's a favorite, of course. But out of all the sports, don't you find that hockey's the toughest? Yeah, it is the toughest to... Uh try to guess the score, you know, in all the other sports, basketball, football is easy, but in hockey, man, look, just look at tonight. Yeah. No, like we know in the best of seven, Canadian have no chance beating the Devils. In one game, the Devils dominated. And as you said earlier, Montembeau saved the Canadians. Sometimes yeah. your goalie will have your number 
and he made some big save and Canadian went back the other way, scored a goal, it broke their legs. So that's how hockey goes sometimes. Even the better team is not always going to win in a one match, but in the best of seven, that's another story. So yeah, kudos to the Canadian. I thought they were going to, I thought they were going to get killed tonight. With all everybody getting hurt, Armia down again. I don't know what's going on where everybody's getting hurt. But the fact that they're on the road, Armia gets hurt, 11 forward. You play against a better team. That's one of the best teams in the NHL. And yeah, your goaltender was hot, but still, you beat the Devils. That was pretty impressive. George, the Canadians last year had something like 731 games man lost due to injury. They were worse than the National Hockey League. This year, they're in the 500 and something. They're one of the worst, if not worse, than the National Hockey League. As a guy who played the game for a long time in the National Hockey League, I want to ask you, because everyone's pointing fingers at the medical team or the, the sports therapist or whatever, or... You know, the, you know, they're basically they're the decision to rush some players back. And that's why they end up getting hurt again. All is, it, is it possible, George, is it possible that when you're in a lost season and you're not going to make the playoffs and or you probably don't want to get traded, that guys get hurt easier? Okay, so Tony, just just one thing I want to make clear, okay? Because when I play in Montreal, it's pretty much the same medical staff that is there. Montreal has the best, one of the best medical staff in the NHL. One of the best. It's not their fault, the bad luck that they're having with all the guys getting hurt. I've never heard and I've never seen a medical staff rushing a guy back to play. I've seen coaches doing it, but not medical staff. And Martin St. Louis that is learning how to coach in the NHL, there's no way in a season that he has no pressure that it would rush any rookies or veteran to be back in the lineup. So I just want to make that clear. I had two near the desk in Montreal. I was always in the medical staff room, and I could tell you they're the best. They have the best team around them. So let's take this out of the question. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Hold on a second. The best lawyer has a bad day in court. The best doctor has a bad day on the operating table. The best sports radio host has a bad show every now and then. Can you begin to explain to me, and I know how good they are and I know how competent they are, okay. that Cole Caulfield was told to keep on playing when we know that he was going to require surgery on his shoulder Okay, in so, the lost season? Okay, so just so you know, okay, um, players with agent they consult different doctors that they want to. It's, it's part of the CBA. Uh, they could go, they could get outside help to get uh, consulting about their own injury, right? Mm -hmm. have to do it in Montreal, so it, it's up to them. And again, Caulfield, if it wasn't a losing season, as you know, he would have still kept playing because it wasn't preventing him from playing, but he knew it's something that he would have to be fixed. So, it was the perfect timing to do it in a losing season. But at the same time, I'm Caulfield. I'm about to score 40 or 50 goals. Even though that I'm hurt, how much is that going to be worth? So now, the, Sean, the Sean Monaghan injury, which appears to be a fracture in his foot or a broken foot or whatever it was, and he had the walking boot on for some time, a lot of people are starting to question that now because he's still not back and he's still not on the ice. Are you saying that Monaghan, in the final year of his contract, probably looking to get traded because he wants to 
collect at the end of the season and get himself a long-term deal with another team that after consulting maybe with his agent and their doctors probably thought that he can still play on it. Is that it? Yeah, yeah but don't worry. The different Monahan is completely different. The recurring uh, injury that he had before when he missed a year kind of came back. His hips. Uh, yes. And then because of that, that's what I'm hearing anyway. So uh, recurring injuries like this, when you miss a full year, uh, that's why it doesn't look like he's going to be back. And, you know, the deadline is in 10 days. The guy hasn't played. What team is going to look at to Monaghan that's been hurt, miss one full season, half the year, and you're looking to Monaghan to help you make the playoff? To prob the prob probably won't happen because they probably view him as damaged goods. What could happen yeah. is if the Canadians have good intel that he will recover, they might just say, hey, Sean, you were doing really well before you got hurt. You picked up points. You know, we thought it was going well. Would you want to sign a one-year deal with us? And then we're trying. That could happen because. Yeah, yeah, but Tony, think about that, okay? Yeah. I understand what you're saying about there's no risk if they, they sign him one year, one million, let's say. Yeah. The problem is, Tony, is that he's older. He's an older player, not a young player. It's going to be like almost a year and three quarter he's going to miss. You can't take a chance on a guy that hasn't played in a year and three quarters because of injuries. Well, you can. You just you won't give him a lot of money. That's all. No, no, no. But even if it's a million, like, what are the odds, Tony, that he comes back next year after missing all this time and is an older player and raises value up? So we try again to play him up to the deadline, hoping we get a second or first pick. That's not going to happen. Rob, like, that's, a, that's a risk worth a million dollars. We believe in fairy tale, Tony, but forget it. Okay, so I'm going to get back to the question I asked you. Okay, okay. Is it possible that in a losing season, when your team is in no man's land, you're not making the playoffs and you're not finishing last either, but in a losing season, and maybe add to that, a player who probably doesn't want to get traded gets hurt. Okay, not only it doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. You can't, it doesn't happen? You, no, you can't milk in an injury if you do that you'll be cast out because at the end of the day it's a family like guys see the thing with tanking and and losing season this is something for the media and for us to do a story about it guys in the room they want to play they want to be with their teammates they want to go to war with them and even if it's a losing season they want to be on the ice with them when guys are not playing it's because they're hurt the only thing that could happen in a losing season is the training staff and the coach insisting to the player not to play and take your take time. Exactly. Take your time. Because we don't want to take our time. If somebody wants, if a player wants to take his time to need to be back on the ice, he shouldn't be in the NHL. He's not an athlete. We're paid to play. We want to play. But can we, we agree? Can we agree? And everything you're saying is true. And I appreciate it coming from you who played the game and I didn't, who played in the league. And obviously I didn't. So if there's someone who's going to know, it's you and not me. But can we agree that there have been players in the past that in losing seasons down the stretch probably could have come back and you know what, two or three games left in the season. Oh, no, no. Th let's, that... let, let's mail it in because we got our tea time next week and I'm not going to risk an injury down the stretch. Only 100%. Even not just two or three games. Ten games left into the season. They yeah. it. Yes, that happens a lot. It's happening right now to some players, for sure, Tony, because they're like, what's the point of coming back? And and you know what? With In the position of the teams this year, many teams are happy about guys 
not coming back because they give him a better chance, you know, to draft in the top three. Mm-hmm. So, and, and but for the Canadians, you have to admire the fact that they could use the reason of the fact that a lot of players are hurt mm-hmm. in New Jersey and they beat them. Like, I know people like you, you want Bedard and you want Fentili and, you know, wins like this is hurting Canadians' chance to draft on them. But you have to respect the fact that this team, you know what? They're, they go there to win. They're going to surprise team, even though they have a lot of injuries. No, no, listen, they can go there to win. But, I mean, there's no doubt that Connor Bedard, if you're lucky enough, and it's a big if, if you're lucky enough to win the lottery, changes the landscape and the future of this team for the next decade. And there's no one else who can do that but him. Tony, yeah, Generational talent, George. Yeah. Tony, right now, if you look in the NHL today, how many general talent there? Crosby, McDavid, Ovechkin, Ovechkin. Matthews. Like, there's not many guys that are general like he is, and he's going to be good for the next 10 years. I'm only crossing my fingers that he's not going to play in front of 4,500 fans next year in Phoenix. Anywhere but Phoenix, man. I hope Chicago's going to get him, but uh, you don't want to. I, I, I hope Montreal gets them because I haven't bought a hockey. The last jersey I bought was Guy Lafleur and bought that one a couple of, uh, when was it, a couple of Christmases ago. Yeah. But if uh, the Canadians should be lucky enough to win the lottery, I'm going out, I'm buying Connor Bedard's jersey, and every single Connor Bedard rookie card I can get my hands on, I'm buying, okay? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not missing uh, the bus the way I missed it on Connor McDavid. My buddy, uh, Carmen Anoya, I, I don't know how many McDavid rookie cards he has. As a matter of fact, I don't know if I should say this, but I'll say it anyway because it's something that he shared with me. But he has over six figures value of Connor McDavid memorabilia, uh, the, the, which is a good for him. The only bad thing for me is I don't know the combination to his vault because it's all in the vault. Okay. Well, I hope for him that he wins the cup because if he doesn't, then he hangs on to when he doesn't sell it is going to go way down ah okay there you have it this coming from a guy who's in the business and he knows uh three of the canadians five goals tonight come from defensemen baron kovacevic and of course michael matheson who scored an empty net let's start with justin baron i saw him in preseason when i saw him in preseason i said this guy is not starting the season in montreal he does a lot of things good he does nothing very good or nothing great. I don't see an X factor. I see a guy who's a little bit shy, not crazy about getting hit, not overly physical. This guy's not going to make the team. I was right. But a credit to him, he goes down to Laval. And you know what? He obviously learned a lot in Laval because Justin Barron, in the last month since the recall, I think he's been excellent, George. See, Tony, in before the season started, he was getting praise for so many people. That trade was a steal. We can't believe Colorado gave us Barron for Lekanen. Crosby talked about Barron, how good he was. And it looked like all these, uh, this praise went to his head. And when he came to training camp, like Jackye looked better than he did. Jackye was not supposed to be there. So it's a, it was a reality check for him to be sent down. And when he was first sent down, he was not even the best demon. He was pouting. He was not happy. He was not playing well. And after a while, realizing that if he doesn't start playing, he'll never be back up there, then he started to be the defenseman that he should have been. And when he started dominating down there, 
that's when they called him up. And now that he got called up, he learned his lesson. He doesn't want to go back down. And now he's playing with a chip in his shoulders. And now you're seeing the real potential that we saw last year from a guy that was promising to the future of this uh, young demon corp that the Cavs have. I would say in about 20 minutes time or so, I'm probably going to get to your phone calls. I'm going to start giving you the number right now so you can write it down on a piece of paper. Or maybe you might even want to jump on a line and have a chat with Agnello and Sammy off the air. And you'll join me as soon as I say goodnight to George so he can have fun with his pillow. The number is one 585 sick one 585 It is a toll-free number. All right, so Justin Barron scores George on a beautiful setup by Nick Suzuki. And later... I really love the goal that Kovacevic scored. And what I loved about it was, I don't know if I've ever seen Jesse Olonen handle the puck better in the <laughs> National Hockey League than he did on that play. Did you see how Abil, he looked, how comfortable he looked with the puck on that play? He looked unbelievable. Wayne Gretzky uh, delay that he hey, did. Hey, Mosey yeah. too now. Hey, speaking yeah. of which, speaking of which, Jack Hughes' rookie card, 350 bucks for a PSA 10. Good deal or not? Good investment. Uh, see, the the thing is, yeah, because this team is going to be good, but the market of New Jersey is not a, a big market. Like for, for, uh-huh. for, you know, market is important. You know, Jack Hughes moved to Montreal. His card would be double, right? I got it, of course. As well as here, his card would be double. Yes, of course. So there's some market that I, I would not touch it. But I get, I get, I get your drift. He'd have to win the cup. He wins the cup. It's a good investment. He doesn't win the cup. Maybe not really. Yeah. All right. So I love the play by Yelonen. I also love the play on the goal that Pitlick scored to give the Canadians a four-one lead. Dvorak and Dadanov. There looked to be some serious chemistry. George. It's funny because at the beginning of the season, we probably wondered out of all the players who were susceptible to being dealt, Drouin, Dadanov, uh, um, Schmanahan. The list goes on and on. At one point, Dadanov hadn't scored a goal like in a gazillion games, right? Dadanov has been really, really good in the last six or seven games. Well, you know, I think Dadanov is going to be a plan. We'll say a plan C for some teams because, you know, all the players that teams, as you know, they're going to be targeting to to help to make the playoff and to win. Yeah, you know, they all going to be they all going to be targeting the same players. The good thing about Dadanov is they all the team knows that to get him is going to cost nothing. You know, a six pick, future consideration, it'll, it'll be free. A six pick? Oh, yeah, it, it won't cost much. Um, you know, and, and, and to be honest with you, Tony, um, his contract is up next year. So whether Montreal trades him or not, he's not hurting the Canadians by being in lineup because... He's gone at the end of the year. Yeah, and by March 3rd, how many games... His contract's not up next year. His contract's up at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, what I'm saying, yeah, third is going to be like 10, 15, 12 game left. So, yeah, whether he goes or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't hurt the team's salary cap. It's Offman that you you want to get off, you, of course, because he's at four and a half next year. And that's the guy that I'm hoping that the team could find a way to unload his contract for next year. And and they're going to have to pay half the salary, George. Uh, yeah, but again, if they do. They could afford it. Because... George, if I'm another team and I have a slumping power play, and I know that he hasn't done miracles on the Canadians' power play, but that also goes hand-in-hand hand with your supporting cast. Mike Hoffman can shoot the puck. I mean, tell me whatever you want, but as a one-timer, and if you have a team that has one option on the power play on one wing, all of a sudden he gives you the other option, of, you know, a second option on the opposite. Listen, he's interesting. It, you know, 
as much as we're on him this year. Not very good with Opapak, though. The third leading point, like, one, two, three, the fourth pointer of the team, when he's been on and off, like, and he, he hasn't played as many games as all the other guys, that guy is when he, he's a point producer. Like, he could really help a team. Um, right now, the Canadian, like, like it's maybe it's tough for him to be motivated to play. And yes, he's been sleeping many nights, but if he goes to a contender, um, he's going to play like to prove everyone wrong and to prove that he, de he proved that he, he deserved to be playing in the league. So that's why I wouldn't be surprised to see him, to see a team again as a plan C up for him if the, the plan A is going to be gone because, you know, like mm -hmm. teams going to want to do stuff and uh, they'll be limited in terms of what they could do because the guys will be taken. All right. Okay. So now, you know what? Let's put the card. Let's let's go here. Let's go. Let's have some fun. What are you? Uh, you know, what are we betting here? What are we betting? What that enough? That enough? You say six pick. I say better. I say he's involved in a deal. He's involved in a deal. Whether it's with another player or not, he's involved in a deal. Where a, a pick better than six comes back to Montreal, and you say sixth or worst. Is this the deal? Let's say five or worst. Oh, no, no, five. No, no, no. Five or worse. You can't just say things and then change them the second I want to bet you. What is this? Tony, five is nothing also, as you know. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you think? In the fifth pick, you're going to, like, draft, like, the future of the team? Fifth is, like, I go fifth because okay. you, usually it's it's teams, they're not even drafting at six. You know, okay. they are, but let's do fifth to the round number. Okay, and, I'll do fifth. Okay. and What are we uh, betting here? Dinner. Uh, dinner. I'm gonna go to a place that you you know you're gonna share me tofu. Listen, dinner Europea. Yeah, uh, I've never been there before, and I'm not so sure I can afford it. But anyway, you and I will discuss it <laughs> off the air. <laughs> why, 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 why don't we do this? If you lose, you eat the chicken wings in front of me. We ever do that? You wouldn't do that, eh? Europea, Tony. We'll discuss it off air. Okay. Um, Tony, you have alligator arms. You can reach your pocket. Yeah. You can reach your pocket. You have alligator arms. Okay, hold on a second. I'll reach in my pocket. What do you what are you what are you looking for? You want to know my wallet? No, no. This is this is my wallet. No. I take an elastic. Tony, it's an expression. People yes. that people that achieve, they can reach their wallet. They have alligator. Yes. They yeah, can yeah. go. You don't want to go to Europea if you lose. Yeah, no, no, don't worry about it. Uh you, this is, but if you win. This is the wallet. Hold on a second. Uh, let, let's see if we can uh, hold on a second. Let's see. Can we find anything? Hold on. Hold on. That's not a wallet. Those are cards. What are you okay. doing? With cards? One, two, three, four. <laughs> you want me to stop? Okay. Stop. So you okay can I can buy you supper. Don't worry about it. Stop now. Okay. Let's do. I need a wallet, by the way. It's funny because I have cash, but I have no wallet. You want to buy me a wallet? Buy me a wallet. If I win the bet, you buy me a wallet. I have it. I use an elastic too. <laughs> I, I like it. And the elastic, you know what? The elastic breaks all the time. All the time, the elastic breaks. Every time I go to the gas station or whatever, I look at it, boom, it breaks. And I'm like, can I have an elastic, please? Listen to me. We'll discuss that wager off there. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about a, a, something else. Um, you know, the Canadians, how many shots they had five on five in the second period? How many? Guess five. Yeah. You know how many goals they scored on those shots? You're going to see. Yeah. But Tony. They scored on both their shots. Tony, they didn't deserve to win, as you know. 
No, but uh, you know, this 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 uh, the the Devils got goalied tonight. Number one, they got goalied, and number two, the Canadians were extremely opportunistic. Yeah. You know, you know what um, what Montembeau did yeah. is what Price used to do game in game out with one Montreal. You know, my, Price made the team look better because how good that he was when the team wasn't really that good, but he was so good that people forgot how good Price was. And Montembeau tonight. He gave us a prize performance. That's the only way Canadian was going to win. You know, when Canadian did 2-1, when mm -hmm. that breakaway that he stopped would have changed the entire game. He if stopped he, three breakaways, by the way. Yeah, no, but no, but when it was 2-1, yes. it was crucial that he stopped that one. Yeah. 2-2, the Canadians, they don't I'm win. I'm not sure if it was Wood on that one, but I think Wood had one of them. I think, uh, hold on a second. My, uh, my buddy, uh, J.F. Chamon, actually tweeted about this. At one point, Wood had one. Uh, Dawson Mercer had the other one. I'm yeah. trying to remember who had the uh, the second one. Let me see if I can, because I retweeted it. Hold on a second, uh, just so we can have a little bit of clarity here. Uh, he stopped Miles Wood. He stopped Brendan Smith, and then he stopped Dawson Mercer. Yeah. Hey, actually, you know, talking about guys straight at the deadline. Yeah. What did you think when Jonathan Drouin said the other day that uh, he's hoping that his play because he played three games in yeah. a lot? In the last six years, yeah, uh, he, he was hoping that his play was gonna entice other teams to get him. Okay, so when the I'm, I'm, okay, you asked me my opinion. Drouin said once again that he was hoping that his play was good enough to entice other teams to go get him in a cup run. I'm gonna give you my answer first in French because it's a term that's most used, I think, in French. But then I'll translate it in English because it's used in English as well. Okay, you ready? Ma réponse est pas toute vérité. <laughs> not all truths are good to say. Like everyone knows that a lot of players who are on the final year of their contract on a team that's in no man's land and not going to the playoffs, especially if you're a veteran in the National Hockey League, and especially if you don't have a Stanley Cup ring, everyone knows that that player is going to want to play well to up their value so another team can go get them so that they can be part of a playoff run and hopefully a cup run. So I understand that, and I know that, and I think everybody understands that. But I think the fact that he said it, if you think about it, I don't think it sounds good. And I can understand fans saying, hold on a second here. Now you decided to up your play? Now? I don't yeah. think it sounds good, George. Yeah, Tony, it's been a highway robbery for the last six years with the Canadians. And those three games... That, that happened at nine point and six, 12 and 12. Um, you know, we were kind of looking at this, hoping that he could keep it up to the deadline to maybe get a third or fourth pick, maybe. And now he's already off the grid. Uh, you know, like he's nowhere to be seen those last couple of games. And that's the thing. Um, teams need consistency. And it's sad. It is so sad because, and you're right. When it, when I heard him say that, um, you know, when was what was that interest, uh, urgency of in the first year, the second year, the third year? What what was it? You know, and that's why it's sad because, you know, I'm pretty sure that can't use in Gordon before the season started. They, you know, they have a lot of veterans that they looked up and they were like, you know, we're gonna bank up a lot of. Uh, draft pick with these guys with this mm -hmm. and uh, we're gonna be like maybe get another first rounder a few seconds 
and uh, now they're lucky if they unload. They, 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 we're not even talking about if they're going to get a first or a second. We know they won't. We're lucky if they unload all of them. The only way they could get something good, trade mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, Josh Anderson, which I don't think that they should. And uh, But as the only guy that uh, I know that uh, Calgary's trying, they like him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the others probably would like them too, but they have no room in their cap. But uh, okay. it'll be interesting to see what's going to okay. happen. I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to ask you one question, and then we can say goodnight, okay? Anthony Duclair, out with an Achilles tendon injury, I believe. Yeah. Um, it's a very serious injury, right? It's a very serious injury. Uh, and especially for a guy who uh, the strength of his game is his skating game, yeah. okay? Uh, that's the worst kind of injury a player like that can have, right? Because yeah. it obviously affects your skating. Max Petretti is going through the same injury, right? He hasn't played a game this year for the Florida Panthers. He did play 74 games a year ago. The year before that, he picked up 58 points. He is from Point Claire. He's from the West Island. Take a look at what Kent Hughes is doing. He's talked about wanting to bring back Montreal players, players that grew up here, that know the city, the fabric, the culture, the history, and want to play here. No. Yes. No, I wouldn't take him. No? Okay. The, the, reason, why, the reason why I wouldn't take him is exactly because of what you just said. Achilles injury, like, look at Pacioretty, like, after the strong rehab that he did, he tore it again. Like, Eric Carlson is starting to play this year up to his contract because when he got that injury, it took years before he was back to 100%. Eric Carlson we're talking about. Anthony Duclair, you said it, his strength is his speed. Without it, he's not the same player. Unfortunately for him, He's going to have to play hurt the rest of his career. He's always going to feel it. And the way that he skate, I'd be afraid that he tore it again. And with all the injury-prone team that the Canadians are, it's no time right now to take prone injured player to have an history. So then, if he gets hurt again, people are going to say, well, why would they take a chance of someone that had... But hold on a second. Hold on a second. It's a great point. It's a great point. And, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this at another point. I have no problem with what you just said. As a matter of fact, there, I, I think a bigger part of me agrees with you than not. Having said that, I doubt the Canadians are going to make the playoffs even next year. I no. doubt it. I doubt it. And no. it's $3 million on one year. And if it works out, it's a reason for people to buy tickets and come to see a hometown kid. And if it doesn't work out, you bite the bullet on $3 million bucks. There's only one year, and then you're gone. Okay, how much energy do you have right now? What would be your energy at a hundred on a hundred percent? What would be your energy? I'm gonna let you go, but I just want to know. I'm curious. I'm good. I know I know you eat well and all that stuff. What would be your energy level at that's on one to a hundred, a hundred being the highest? What's it at? Uh 90. 90. What are you gonna do to that pillow right now? <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Joy. Well, Have a good day. So I didn't show it to you because you you begged me not to be laying down <laughs> doing this podcast with you today. You oh want me to next time? You know what? I asked you. I specifically asked you on via text message. No more pillow, because I'm telling you, ever since you started this about a month ago, I have all kinds of visuals. We. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, yeah, George. Have a good one, buddy. Before you go to bed, you have visuals. 
I, I have visuals of you in the pillow like 24. <laughs> I'm always thinking about you in the pillow. I have no idea why. Okay, George, have fun with your pillow. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, bro. There Thanks. you go. George Larac. All right. Former NHL enforcer and um, uh, a real good contributor on this program, who I think a lot of you have come to appreciate over the last little while. Uh, let's go. Uh, you can uh, you can comment. You want to send me a question, uh, comment, anything. Uh, Sammy and Yellow are going to bring it up, and we're going to tackle it. And I'm also going to get to the phone calls at one 585 sick If you have, uh, if you want to jump on a line, now's your time to do it. If you want to speak with me, Marinero, let's go. If you want to ask a question, let's go. If you like what you're hearing and like what you're seeing on the podcast, you can share it on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, you can comment on Twitter, S-I-C-K, comment on Facebook and YouTube, S-I-C-K, if you like it and like it. And if you're going to be listening on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's uh, our way of feeling your love, which we very much appreciate. Tell all your friends about it. The more people watch, the more people sign up, uh, the more money we make. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, okay. We'll open up the lines. 1-888-585-7425. It is a toll-free number. Uh, Mark says, Tony, you have the most contagious laughter I have ever heard. Thank you. Uh, sometimes I just, I get out of control and I can't stop. Um, we finally found a power forward that we've been looking for, for so many years. This coming from Duncan Tam. Uh, I don't know if he's talking about, uh, Josh Anderson or he's, uh, who he's talking about, but he's talking about somebody. Uh, Tony, would you trade Savard if we can fetch a first? Yes, I would. I like David Savard. But I like the 2023 draft and the first round of the 2023 draft uh, better for this Canadians team at this point in time of where they're at and where they want to go. Uh, Tony, who's the first to get traded? Uh, let's say uh, that enough, maybe. Um, but that can change. Watch the Habs trade Montembeau, says Jimmy Crystal. That's not going to happen, Jimmy. They're not trading Montembeau. Uh, others, says contract is very digestible and doable. We'll keep Anderson unless we get a really great offer. Um, Anderson would not be one of the first guys that I would trade. But if I look, think about what Tyler Toffoli got you a year ago. Josh Anderson's 28 years old. By the time the Canadians are going to be a legitimate cup contender, let's just say he's going to be 31 or 32. Let's just say he's going to be a declining asset. And let's just say he's going to be on the final year of his career. Well, if he can fetch you what Toffoli fetched you, get you a first, get you a prospect, get you another draft pick as well. Plus, the players you end up getting or the prospects or the picks, I mean, if they make the team, we'll only be getting entry level. So then you're going to save about $4.5 million on the cap. And then you can use that money if you wanted to possibly to go out and get a free agent. I would trade him because by the time Josh and by the time the Canadians are a legitimate cup contender, Josh Anderson will no, be nowhere close to the player that he is right now and won't be able to fetch nearly as much as he can fetch you right now. Would he be the first one I'd trade? No, but if I get a good offer for Josh Anderson, me personally, I do it, even in knowing that they don't have too many players in that mold, but I'd still do it. Other questions coming in or phone calls? Why don't we do this? You called. You called. Presented by Playground. Is brought to you by Playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Toll free. The number is toll free. 1-888-585-7425. So if you're watching the SICK Podcast right now via your smartphone and watching on our YouTube channel, 
you can actually grab your cordless phone at home, your residential line, and call 1-888-585-7425. And while we're talking, you can keep watching our conversation via your smartphone. Someone uh, called last week, and that first call of the night still has me a little bit rattled, by the way. A little bit rattled. Agnello and Sammy either bring up a call or bring up a comment. I'm not just going to stand here and stare at the wall behind me. Isn't it those brick panels? Aren't they beautiful, by the way? That's sick. You see that? That's one of the top graffiti artists in the city that came here, and it took that gentleman five hours of his time, five hours of his time, to actually uh, spray paint that on the wall. What an amazing job he did, by the way. Amazing. Sean says, how close are we to seeing Caden Gooley and Justin Barron as the top pair of this team? Personally, I bet two years. Sean, I think two years is realistic. I think you can see it. Next. Um, but then again, if Barron doesn't end up being a top-pairing defenseman, I wouldn't be shocked either because more realistically, he's probably a 3-4. Uh, Tony, you said that the Habs will win the cup with Gordon and Hughes tonight. I predict if the Habs don't draft top three, there will be no cup for the next 10 years. I'll take you up on that bet as well. Uh, Simon, I believe Gordon and Hughes will win a Stanley cup during their tenure. And, uh, obviously I'd prefer a top three pick instead of a top, you know, a seventh or eighth pick or whatever, but they're going to get it done. I really believe and this management team, I really believe in what they've done with the skills coach, what they're doing with analytics, what they're doing with Marty St. Louis, what they're doing with their practices, what they're doing with development. I, I, I have a lot of faith, a lot. Hey, by the way, former Habs general manager Mark Bergevin was on Press Box Row tonight in New Jersey, and he was scouting. Who was he looking at? I'm not so sure, but he was there. Looks like we got a call. Where are we going exactly? Hello, who's this? Hey, Antonio, this is Drew Drew Deeks. Drew Deeks, <laughs> I know you. I've seen you on uh, I've seen you on Twitter. Yeah, right? I pop up here and there. You pop up here and there, yeah. <laughs> Drew all, Deeks, eh? are you are you Drew Deeks on Twitter? Uh, yes, I am. You're Drew Deeks on Twitter. Hold on a second. I want to bring you up so I can put a face to a name because you see, you can put a face to my name by looking at me, but I can't put a face to your name. Drew <laughs> Deeks, but I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're Drew Deeks. But is your name Andrew or is it Drew? It's Andrew. Honestly, either one. Either yeah, one. yeah, either one. Yeah. Some folks know me by Drew Deeks just because of my YouTube channel and stuff. But uh, no, I just want to say congrats on the show, man. You really Thank you. You're on lately. And- and uh are you still doing your part of me part of me but are you still doing your your podcast i am actually uh we are well i also did, i also was on haps tonight i still am for about another few weeks but i'm moving on from that show um but uh i, I don't mind you giving your new podcast a plug by the way you can go for it because i have a lot of respect for people who do what we're doing here because i know it's not easy and i you know uh, I've been in, you know, as a sports radio host for 20 years and the transition to podcasting, it's not easy for me either. It's been two years and I'm still trying to find my way and I have a lot to learn. And you know what? Podcasting in terms of generating revenue, in terms of profitability, like 98% of pot, maybe 95% of podcasts, they don't make money and only 5% do. So you know what? If you want to give your podcast a plug, 
by all means, go for it. I have no problem whatsoever. Yeah, well, I don't want you to think that's why I was calling. So no, no, no. But I and, and you know what? And I would. It's, it's it's it's. I don't have a problem with it. I wouldn't shut you down. Go for it. No, it's it's it is Drew Deke. That's my YouTube channel, and some Habs fans I think watch both you and I uh, on YouTube as well. So um, we had the chance to work with Dale Weiss over the last couple of years, and Dale's retired and uh, taken a big break from hockey, which uh, is good for him, you know. But uh, we were fortunate that he helped us to create the platform that we did and now i've been able to have my own channel and uh and we watch you of course i watch you and thank you uh, is he going to continue with the podcast because he hasn't been on for a while it's been a while it's been a while um the team is really in a interesting place right now we're kind of i think we had our run and we're kind of recognizing that we're also busy right now and yeah the long, the long and short of it probably is probably not at least not right now but yeah. uh, that doesn't mean when the canadians are competing again that we may not return because it's certainly we've talked about that as well but i hear you but the, you know dale's a family man now and you know obviously we uh we love him and he, he was a, such a blast to work with and stuff so we're going to try to get him on at least once more before the oh uh, good that's I, I so i always thought he never really liked me and maybe he didn't you know like he would pick on me every now and then give me a shot on twitter and i just you know what <laughs> I have a I have a lot of respect for the career that he had, and I I just I'm not going to get into a war of words or a shouting match with Dale. And maybe he was trolling, you know what? But uh, and you know nothing. He took a lot. Have, he took a lot himself, though. I think for a guy that was a stand up guy, I think he took a lot of unfair jabs. And uh, you know what? Like, who's not going to get criticized as a player? That's just going to happen. Yeah. Right? But he he, yeah. he had some nice words with Stu Cowan, which was rare. Those two went at it quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. But oh, uh, did they go at it really? Yeah. Only on Twitter a few times, but I saw them. I saw them agreeing more and more, uh, you know, near the end of Dale's career. And you know, that's how it goes, right? I mean, hockey players are proud guys, Tony. You you are. Yeah. No, no, I know that. But you know what's interesting, Drew, is that obviously hockey players, former players, or or current players, they have intel that we don't have. But there's a side of the business, or there's some things, or there's some information that we're given that they don't get either. So every now and then, if we disagree on something, we can both be right. You know what I'm saying? I think so. And that's where I've been in the middle because I, I, I try not to take sides. Like, I try to get along with everybody, Tony. Honestly, like, uh, Grant McKegg and I worked together for a bit. We kind of butt our heads. And, like, I get along with everybody. But Grant Grant has a special skill for, you know, for what he does. And now he's on your show often. And Eric's on there. And each one of you guys, you, I've had the chance to talk to all you guys. And you, you've all helped give me an opportunity to do to do this thing and like i i'm not a i'm not the most knowledgeable i'm just a fan tony you know what i mean so at the yeah, end of the day, i hear you you guys you guys you guys keep me going by doing what you're doing and it's nice to see you having your own show because the emotion that you showed for your listeners when you started this podcast i mean when you left the station uh that moved me <laughs> you know what I mean? like that, yeah that thank me. you it's hard not to stick with you at that point so you probably didn't like me all that much up until that point then you saw me get emotional and you probably said you know what this guy's not that bad after all eh (laughs) no that's not true i did call and talk to you on the station a few times and honestly thank you i tried to keep it civil with you and try to enjoy it and i saw the nice the nice side of you that everybody knows is really there so well listen i I, you know i've said this i've said this before drew and i thank you for that and and that you know uh for those who are listening now for the first time you know, once again, Sammy, um, Agnello gave me a call, Sammy's dad, over two years ago. 
And uh, I've known the family for over 10 years. Uh, Sammy has spinal muscular atrophy. He was diagnosed at nine months old once again. His parents were told he wasn't going to make it by the age of two. Now he's 21 years old. He graduated from John Abbott Sports Marketing. He opened up his own social media company about a decade ago. He's got over 6 million followers on Instagram. He's got he's one of very, very few that have been actually uh, approved for a, uh, uh, a TV Snapchat channel, which is Sick TV. Um, he's and and Agnello called me and I've helped them out with their fundraiser over the last 10 years. The Cavallaro family has raised over two million dollars uh, for spinal muscular atrophy for families of SMA. Agnello and his wife Rose are like absolute heroes. Every time they have conferences, uh, one, two, three conferences a year, they bring them out. And because these, you know, a lot of people, uh, have, you know, they, they look up to them a lot because uh, they're giving their kids a fighting chance by trying to by raising as much money as they have and um over two years ago uh they called me to the house and um uh Agnello, uh showed me a podcast studio that they had built and sammy had a you know he had a, a dream in mind and that was to have a podcast he, his company is called sick media and he wanted to have a sick podcast and he wanted me to do it and uh pretty hard to say no to sammy after he's gone through everything he's gone through in his life I mean, he's a miracle child. When he was 12, he had an operation on his spine. They told him it was going to be touch and go, and he was probably going to be in the hospital for about three months. I mean, two weeks later, he was at home eating pasta. Sammy's a phenom. He's a phenom. He's defied all odds and continues to do it. And uh, to think, uh, you know, two years ago, uh, he was in Yahoo Finance's top 15 entrepreneurs in Canada under the age of 20. He came in at number four. Anyway, long story short, uh, Sammy asked me to do the podcast. How do I say no to Sammy? So I, you know, I needed clearance, which took a while, um, but I went for it. And uh, then at one point to take the podcast to another level, um, I wasn't able to do it with certain things that were in place um, where I was working. And the only way I would be able to do it is either um, to be able to do it without any restrictions whatsoever or to go full time. And mm-hmm. I would have loved to continue doing what I was doing. Uh, but at the same time, when it became apparent that um, there were going to be restrictions and those restrictions um, anyway, uh, long story short, I decided to go for it. I've put my trust in Sammy. Um, podcasting is the future. It's also the present. Uh, we're going to make an announcement probably in the next day. In the next 24 hours, we're going to make an announcement that we're going to take our podcast to another level. By next September, we're going to take our podcast to another level. And we have plans for the podcast. Like we're just walking right now. We're going to start jogging pretty soon. And then at one point, we're going to start running. And then at one point, we're going to start sprinting. So we appreciate all the support that we have received. We thank everyone for sticking with us. We thank everyone for making this a sick community. But we're scratching the surface. We're scratching the surface. This podcast, I'm really convinced. Like, I think it's good. Okay. But I'm really convinced it's going to be really, really good. Uh, in the next little while. And I mean, that's, that's, that's the goal and that's the plan. And uh, you know what? I, I don't know if we're going to get to where we want to go, but uh, I'm not going to let Sammy down and I'm going to die trying. So that's it. 
it's a beautiful thing and uh, that's what I would like to commend you for is because I don't know if everybody realizes the side of it that this that you just shared because there's a purpose beyond just you know like you really have a mission here and uh, I commend you for that because I think it's that's the most beautiful part about it. that story is is wonderful like I don't know how anybody can't get, get get behind that it's another side of Tony Marinero that people haven't seen and uh, I think that you're proud of that and I'm sure that you're going to be more proud of as the show grows and it's, it's amazing. And uh, I've had the chance to see you and Sammy on a couple of times and it's, it's awesome. So uh, yeah, kudos to, to everybody on the sick team and you know, it's beautiful stuff. Tony. So what are you going to call your podcast? Well, right now <laughs> I just have my, my channel is called Drew, Drew Geeks. That's, that's just the, the name of my personal okay. channel, but, but um, Habs tonight was what I was involved with, with the team. Um, but I think we're realizing that our time is, like I said, coming up. So if you, if anybody wants to follow me, it's just true geeks and that's on good. Or well, you know what? YouTube, but. Uh, good for you. And I do believe that there's a place for fans, diehards to do a podcast covering their favorite team. So I wish you all the best with it. You know, I, I hope you do really, really well with it. I, I hope you kill it. I just hope we do a little <laughs> bit better. That's all. No, I do. I appreciate it, Tony. Definitely looking All right. to, to grow as well and find my place. So same same to you. And uh, Thanks for the call, bud. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, Tony. All right, there you have it. His name is Drew Deeks, and uh, he used to be on HAPS tonight, and uh, he says it's coming to an end for them. Uh, they had their run, and uh, he's going to start something up on his own. Good for him. All the best of luck to him. Where are we going next? We can get to some comments. Or get some... Jerry and Longay. Salut, mon Jerry. Salut, mon Tony. Comment ça va? Ça va bien, mon chum. Comment ça va, toi? I got to tell you, I'm happy to talk to you, but I got to say I'm a little uh, down in the dumps because, you know, Comment ça? looking at the state of affairs in the city with our sports teams, and I'm going to be 66 in May, and I don't think I've ever seen it this bad. You know, when I look at the Alouettes and everything that's going down there, man, I had season tickets for 25 years. And I don't know, but since Tressman and, and Jim Pop, it's been a series of, of, of crazy events. And even now, I mean, I have a, my cousin still has season tickets, and he's pulling his hair out. He doesn't know what's going on. Hold and on a second. Jerry, one. Jerry, I'm going to disagree with you, and I'm going to tell you why, okay? I understand oh, that yeah. things look grim, but I need you to think about this. For the past couple of years, the Montreal Alouettes were born, were, were you know, were... Um, uh, we're, uh, we're owned by uh, a family, you know, out of Ontario that had no ties to the city, uh, didn't really know much about the team, the history, the culture, all this stuff, were semi-detached, did not spend a lot of time in Montreal. And now Mario Cicchini has been brought back on an interim basis to oversee the sale of this team working hand in hand alongside with commissioner Ambrosi, who by the way, dropped the ball the last time around. I think everyone knows that. And I think the commissioner deep down inside must know that whether or not he wants to admit it, that's up to him. So there's better days ahead. Like you were talking about the Tressman days. You were talking about the pop days. Those were amazing days, but the last couple of years of Alouette's football was not an ownership was not amazing. The next couple of years, I believe, will be because I'm really confident that they will get it right. Now, on to CF Montreal. Yes, they've sold some of their better players. They have. That's just the model that they want to go with going forward. But we have a family 
who's behind the sport and behind the team and losing money every year. Great article by my buddy Jeremy Filosa, by the way, earlier today. Check him out on Twitter and check out his article where he said that everything is in place for actually the team to be viable and be profitable as of this season because of money coming in from FIFA World Cup, because of money coming in from the league, because of money coming in from expansion, because of GAM money that they've accumulated, because of players that were sold and all that stuff. But we have a family, the Saputo family, um, who has been a supporter of soccer in this city and in this province since 1993. And they've lost a lot of money, but they're always there. So unlike losing our baseball team, I don't think we're going to lose our soccer team. I believe there's better days ahead for our football team. This is what I say, though, and I've said this a couple of times, and I know that most people that are watching right now and they're on this chat disagree with me, and that's okay. And the reason why they disagree with me is because they are primarily hockey fans or primarily Montreal Canadiens fans, so probably they're not big-time into football and probably they're not big-time into soccer. But I've said this before, and I said it as, as, as late as, as even last night with Stu Cowan, and I really believe this. The media in this city and in this province, I believe we have an obligation to be able to promote our teams and other sports. And I know the Montreal Canadiens are first, and I know they're second, and I know they're third. But the Canadians cannot be 24-7, 365 days a year, because if we do that, people are actually going to lose a little bit of interest in the Canadians because the same stories are going to keep on coming up. I don't know about you, but I don't want to hear about if Drouin or Dadonov are going to get traded like every single day for four or five months. We have to come out with other stories. Eric Engels came out with a great story yesterday on Jeff Gordon and where we are in terms of the modernization of the Montreal Canadiens. Stu Cowan came out with a great story interviewing Michael Matheson's dad and always wanted Michael to play here as a kid. Of course, he grew up cheering for the Montreal Canadiens and all that stuff. Those are great stories. But we have to give CF Montreal the time. We have to inform people who their players are, who they are, where they grew up, you know. Uh, we have to talk about them because if we don't talk about them, that's when you risk losing. We have to talk. We have to talk about the Montreal Alouettes. We have to talk about CF Montreal. We have to talk about boxing in this city. We have to talk about some of our amateur athletes. We have to talk about you know some of our skiers, some of the other sports as well. That's what I think we uh, have to do. Can I add something about that? About the of course involvement. Okay, uh, and that has to do with uh, Tevaspal losing the soccer thing, and I know we're in this uh, modern era where you know, younger people go into uh, streaming stuff and all these platforms, and now the ESC is going on Apple. Uh, but in all farts like myself, you know, the baby boomers who still have cable and Netflix. I'm not interested in investing in the money to, to in a platform just to see the Montreal FC, and I don't know anybody on the team because they they liquidated half of the team, and I understand, you know, it's a money thing, it's a business, but you're talking about exposure, and I thought that the the, the people who were doing the games were pretty much uh, involved. Uh, there was a uh, uh, Bernier was there, and uh, Natush and uh, Frederic. I thought it was a good team; they were doing a good job. Yeah, they were. were going to Apple. But here's so the thing. Here's here, here's the thing, though, Jeremy. Okay, uh, uh, Jerry, pardon me. And um, we're talking about Jeremy Filosa before. But here's the thing, Jerry. 
and don't take this the wrong way, okay? When you say, I don't want to pay to watch on Apple because they liquidated the team, this, that, and whatever, I think that's just an excuse. And I say this respectfully, okay? So they liquidated the team. They sold Mihailovich. They sold Kone. They sold Alistair Johnston. They liquidated the team. They sold good players, yes. How did they get Kone? They got lucky because, you know, I was I was telling everyone they should have got this guy back in August of 2020, and they ended up, you know, waiting. Um, but he came from the amateur ranks here in Quebec. He was playing for St. Laurent U21. How did they get Alistair Johnston? He played for Nashville. They went to get him in a trade. How did they get Jordy Mihailovic? He played for Chicago. They went to get him in a trade. So now they sold three players. Yes, Jerry. They can replace. How did they get those three players? Once again, one of them was from here and two of them were via trade. They did it before. They can do it again. In my opinion, you're not a big enough soccer fan to want to invest the money to watch on Apple. So now you're giving an excuse. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you an example, okay? I've read a lot of comments lately, right? Because I get the text messages from the station and stuff like that, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, at BPM Sports. So I, I'm, I'm able to read what, what people are sending in, okay? And I get a lot of comments on my Twitter and my social media. I get direct messages on Instagram. I get them in my Facebook Messenger. I get messages all day long. So if I can't answer to all of them, I'm sorry. In the meantime, I will give you my email address. It's Tony at the sickpodcast.com. And if you ever want to reach out to me, I will try my very best to get back to you. I will tell you that I read everyone's messages everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email, everything. I get a lot of messages from people saying, yeah, but, um, you know, like, uh, I'm not going to take CF Montreal seriously. Uh, yeah, they, they changed the name. They came out with a bad logo. Then they changed the jersey. Then they changed this. And then now the jersey's not ready. And look, you know, they lost their coach, and he was one of the best coaches in the league. And uh, what are we going to talk about? There's nothing to talk about. No, there's always something to talk about because those, I think, are, those are excuses, right? That, that, that's, and you got to understand, too, that a lot of people that don't want to hear about CF Montreal, those are people that just don't like soccer, and there's nothing that's going to change their mind. But well, I, I have I have to uh, disagree a bit on that, Tony. It's not I don't like soccer; quite the opposite. I, it's not my number one sport, but I, I, I go, I try to go at least twice a year to see them play. And I, you know, and I was really big into the World Cup. But my point is, yeah, what what bothers me is the lack of stability of of these teams at the Alouettes and the FC. I mean, I, Tony, I could name you the whole defense of the 77 Alouettes because it was the same guys for seven or eight years. You know, IU judges, Glenn Weir, I could keep going. But you asked me to name me two guys at the Alouettes now, who's left? I don't know. I mean, Steinbeck, and that's it. Everybody else is either gone. You know, they lost uh, Harris. They lost uh, – and, and then we seem to be started over year after year. Same thing okay. with coaches. How many coaches have the FC gone through in the last since they started? You know, so that's what gets to me that there's a lack of stability. If I'm a parent and I want to buy a jersey for my, okay. who am I going to buy? Because I don't know if that Jerry, guy, you know, Jerry, who, Jerry, the Montreal Canadiens a couple of years ago went to the Stanley Cup final. Okay, on that team, Tyler Toffoli's gone, Jeff Petrie's gone, Thomas Tatar is gone, Phil Deneau's gone, uh, Corey Perry's gone, Yasperi Kakanyemi's gone, Shea Weber's gone. Arturi Lekkinen is gone. 
Brett Kulak is gone. Ben Sherratt's gone. Alexander Romanov is gone. Eric Stahl's gone. Victor Mete is gone. Eric Gustafson is gone. Otto Leskinen is gone. John Merrill is gone. And now Carey Price is not there either. Jerry, you're giving me an excuse. The Canadians in the last couple of years went from Claude Julien, uh, Michel Terrien, no, Michel Terrien to Claude Julien to Dominic Ducharme to Marty St. Louis. Four coaches in the last five years. And they went to the cup final a couple of years ago, and 80% of that team is gone. So you cannot tell me that you don't follow CF Montreal because there's turnover in players and in coaches. Jerry, it's an excuse, Jerry. Well, Jerry, you get, well, Jerry, that, Jerry, just, Jerry, Jerry, just tell me I'm right. Jerry, just tell me I'm right, and I'll say good night. And you love me, and you love me, and I love you. You're right. Thank you. I love you too. And this is okay, why I am, I was, and I am Montreal's sports authority. Thank you, Jerry. We'll talk to you soon. You see, at the end of the day, you just have to talk. I don't like if you don't like soccer, it's okay. You don't like soccer. That's it. That's it. It's what it is. It's okay. I love Jerry, by the way. He's a good guy. Jerry, have a great night. Eric is in Point Clyde. Eric, comment ça va? Hi, how are you? Very good, Eric. How are you? Very good. I have a proposition for you, okay? Sure. Imagine this scenario. Does it involve me making a lot of money or what? No, 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 no. Damn. You're the GM of the, the Arizona, Arizona Coyotes. You finished last, okay? Me, GM of the Montreal Canadiens, give you a call. And I offer you Nick Suzuki and Cole Cofield for your first-round draft choice. Bedard. Mm-hmm. What would you say? If I'm Arizona, I'd say no. Because... Even with Cole Cofield and uh, Connor Bedard. Yeah. And uh, Nick Suzuki. Yes, if I'm Arizona, I say no. And the reason being is they're they're in a 4,500-seat arena. Mm-hmm. The future of yes. the Arizona Coyotes will lie on that one player, that generational talent. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And as, as you might end up winning in the trade, actually having Suzuki and Caulfield over Bedard, but the hype that Bedard would bring, not only that, if he lives up to his potential. So let me ask you this. If you're the Edmonton Orders, would you trade Connor McDavid for Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield? Mm, probably not. Okay. Well, but he's, he's not, a proven player. I understand that, but Connor Bedard could not be a proven NHLer until he plays in the National Hockey League. But up until this stage of his career, he has matched and even exceeded what Connor McDavid did at the same age. Yes. So I mean, it's not his fault he hasn't played in the National Hockey League yet. He's not NHL draft eligible. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for calling. Uh, me. My it. other issue, well. I, I guess I, I, I see your point. My other issue is, like, I know you know you like the coaching staff of the Montreal Canadiens. I have my reservations. But... I love Marty St. Louis. Hold on. A How can you not like Marty St. Louis? Uh, he he makes himself available for for pre-games and post-games. That's, that's good for the media. Oh, well, okay. yeah, well that's, that's part that's of his responsibilities, good. by the way. Pardon me? It's part of his obligation. It's part of his responsibility. Yes, yes. 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 That, that's, that, that, that's all great. Okay. That's all great. But don't you, like, I'm not talking about firing uh, Marty St. Louis. 
I hope not. It, I'm not talking about that. But, you know, learning a, a, a career, a, a, a especially that kind of career, at the age of 40, almost 48 years old, is very hard. Don't you think that uh, having an, a, another, an extra assistant like, uh, like Greg Carvel from okay. the uh, NCAA, yeah, but you, you understand that right now they don't want the most experienced staff in the league because actually losing games is not a bad thing, even though they won tonight. Now, having said that, you made a, a very interesting observation, and you said, well, you know, learning how to coach in the National Hockey League at age 46, getting your first shot, it's, it's kind of like uh, he hasn't Thank done it for a long time. But hold on a second. Up until eight years ago, Marty St. Louis was playing. So Marty mm -hmm. St. Louis yes. was playing in the National Hockey League up until age 39. Marty St. Louis started playing in the National Hockey League at age 23. So from 23 to 39, he's playing. That's a lot of experience. I mean, he couldn't be coaching during that time. And then after his playing career, he decided to dabble a little bit in coaching. He helped the Columbus Blue Jackets out, by the way. He was a consultant for them and helped out their power play and stuff like that. I, I sorry, I don't, I don't buy what I don't buy this. But historically, okay, Hall of Famer uh, players yeah. don't become good coaches. Is Jacques Lemaire a Hall of Famer? Oh, uh, he was the only the well. He, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but Jacques Jacques Lemaire is the only great player that I could think about. That, that I could think of who that became a good coach in the NHL. Gretzky wasn't good. Robinson wasn't good. I could go on. Harry Robinson won a Stanley Cup. And as, too. As, as a head coach. As a head coach. I don't with remember the that. Yes, as a head coach with the New Jersey Devils, of course. With a line of uh, Elias Arnett and Sakura. You don't remember that? No, I don't remember Larry that. Larry Robinson won the Stanley Cup. Won the Stanley Cup. He was, he, was and he was the head coach. He was an assistant to Jacques Lemaire one year and winning that, the cup. Exactly. And he was a, I'm and he talking was, about head coaches. He won the Stanley Cup as a head coach. Larry Robinson won the Stanley Cup as a head coach. Do I remember the year right now? No, because I don't remember what I ate yesterday. Maybe because I had ten meals yesterday. But I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to Google it. Okay, Stanley Cup, New. Jersey, and I'm going to tell you exactly the year that it was. Uh, and he was a head coach. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Uh, Larry Robinson, his coaching career includes head coaching positions, which are the New Jersey Devils on two occasions. Blah, 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 blah. Hold on a second. We got to bring it up here. We got to bring it up. We got to bring it up. Why am I always late to find this stuff like this? Okay. Um, coaching career. Uh, after winning the cup in 1995 with the Devils, he was hired as the head coach. So 1995. So he won it. All right. As an assist. Uh, so he was hired as an assistant coach with the Devils in 93. He won the cup in 95 with the Devils and as an assistant coach. And then in 2000, in the year 2000, he guided the Devils to win the 2000 Stanley Cup. So he won it in 2000. As the head coach in, and in 1995. As, as the head coach. As an assistant, correct. As, as an assistant, yes. No, no, I'm going to repeat. Exactly. In, oh, hold on a second. I'm going to repeat. In 95, he won as an assistant coach. In, as 2000, an assistant. 
in and 2000, 2000 as a head coach. coach. Yes. It's very rare, though. It's very rare that because great players it's all have trouble communicating to other players how to play because it came so easy for them. You know what I mean? It, I the, that's why usually great former players yeah. or Eric. former players who weren't so good Eric. become good coaches because they have an easier time yes. to explain. Eric. I'm going to end it with this. Yeah. I want you to think about this, okay? Marty St. Louis is not like anybody else. Marty St. Louis went to the University of Vermont. He was five foot eight, maybe even on skates. Nobody thought he was going to play in the National Hockey League. Marty St. Louis never got drafted. Marty St. Louis did not re enter yeah. a draft to get drafted again. Marty St. Louis was signed by the Calgary Flames. He was traded after he had played 69 games with the Calgary Flames. Um, they gave up on him. Actually, I don't know if they traded him. They put him on waivers. The Flames put Marty St. Louis on waivers, and he ended up going to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he became a Hockey Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest players to ever play when not too many people other than himself and his family, people that were very close to him, believed that he was going to make it to the National Hockey League. This guy has character that very, very few have. Do you understand? Like, yeah, like I'm Marty St. Louis and I'm playing at the University of Vermont. Like, my career, it ends there. Like, if I'm not drafted, like, it's over. Like, this guy's got character that very few have. All I'm saying is his entire career, he's proven people wrong. Don't bet against him, Eric. Eric, oh, I, I, don't I bet against right, him. Tony. Eric, he's the least of the yeah. Canadians' worries, as uh, Bobby Design just brought up right now on YouTube Live. Okay? All right, thanks. Thank you for doing this. Uh, even though we're going overtime, I've been told we have one more call, and that's okay. When Sammy puts in the chat one more call, Sammy's the boss, not me. Hello. Hello. We. Oui. C'est Philippe. C'est Tony. C'est Salut. Comment ça va? Oui, ça va très bien. Moi aussi. Mais, euh, je veux parler du Canadien de Montréal. Mais on y parle. Vas-y, let's go, mon chum. Let's go, shoot. Moi, j'ai vraiment aimé ce match-là. Ça, ça a été un bon match contre les Devils de New Jersey. On ne s'entendait pas que, que le Canadien gagne contre une des bonnes équipes euh, yeah. comme les yeah. Devils de New Jersey. Ouais. Philip is saying he really enjoyed this game. He didn't think any, you know, we didn't really think the Canadians were going to beat the Devils, but we did. Yeah. T'as raison, Phil. C'est qui t'as aimé le plus ce soir? Which player you like the best tonight? Monty, Samuel Montembeau, il y a eu des arrêts. Il y a 37 arrêts sur 38 lancés. C'était un, ce gars-là, je le connais depuis longtemps. C'est un gars qui a du caractère, qui fait un bon match d'autres. Il y a tout le temps des bons matchs. C'est juste que ouais. contre les Kings, il y a quand même eu un mauvais match, mais ça, ça arrive. Ouais. En passant, c'est pas, si je peux, là, c'est pas 37 oh. arrêts sur 38 lancés, oh. parce que la première chose, les Devils, ils ont marqué deux fois ce soir, pas un. Donc, les Devils avaient 40 tirs ce soir. 40. 11 en première, 14 en deuxième, 15 en troisième. Ça fait 40. Donc, il a, il a fait 38 arrêts sur 40 tirs. Mais il y a beaucoup de caractère, tu as raison. 
Et toi aussi, et j'apprécie énormément que tu as pris le temps de m'appeler ce soir, tu as appelé Marinaro, tu as appelé The Sick Podcast. Puis ça, là, ça, un, un jour, ça va devenir, c'est ça, là, The Sick Podcast. It's a, it's, it's a bilingual podcast. You know, when you do radio, because of CRTC rules and stuff like that, you cannot have a bilingual show. But with podcasting, like, there are no rules. The only rule that they have up on YouTube is that you can't play music or audio or show videos because of copyright and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, if you play it or you show it, you get a strike. And then three strikes, you're out. And that's why we don't take chances playing or showing any of these videos and, and playing any of these songs. Because Lord knows... I'd love to put on Felicita and sing with you. Senti nell'aria c'è già la nostra canzone d'amore che va. Or even play one of my favorites. I used to play with Norma Flynn. Ça va bien. Même quand il pleut, le soleil me tend la main. Ça va bien. Salut, Philippe. Merci beaucoup. In English, in French, in Italiano, maybe even one day in Spanish or Portuguese. I am Marinero. I'm Tony Marinero. I'm Marinero. Tell your friends about it. Like it. Share it. Comment sick. S-I-C-K. And if you go on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. Tell your friends about this podcast. We're gaining steam, and we're getting subscribers and followers and viewers one at a time, one day at a time. We're building. We're building. We're building. We're building. We're getting there. And within a couple of years, sky's the limit. Who am I? I'm Marinaro. Good night. Tomorrow night. Same time. Same place. Sweet dreams. Think about George and his pillow. <laughs> And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>